Hello, working people in Southwest Washington. Welcome to episode one of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by IBEW Local 48 and Qualified Electricians PDX. More about that a little later. I'm Shannon Myers, president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. And I'm Harold Phillips. Now, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guests' unions, our guests' businesses, their families, their pets. Basically, it's their own opinions, and that's it. Got it? Now, I think I got it. Are, are you sure? Because we know you're opinionated. You know, I am very opinionated, and they are all mine. I'll take them. That's why we love you. So with that out of the way, Shannon, did your kids go to school today? Oh, my goodness. We did the welcome school first day pictures. We got everybody set up. Everything was great. We had all of our instructions. The district did awesome. We get the computers going, and Vida's password did not work. Talked to the IT guy. He was great. Reset the password, and she made it to class. So... One little glitch, but overall, phew, very successful. Well, you are not alone in struggling with starting school in this new environment we find ourselves in. And that's why I am so glad that we have some education professionals with us to talk about what parents need to know to send their kids to school in the midst of this world that we find ourselves in. And that's why we actually called the episode Surviving Online Education. And we know that all districts are different. That's why we have representatives from different schools, different districts. So we have with us Kate Barrett from Columbia Valley Elementary. And Kate, are you with the Evergreen Education Association? Yes, I am. And uh, we've got Sunny Selders. She's at Marshall Elementary School. And you're a member of the Vancouver Education Association. Is that right? That is correct. We've also got Tracy Bernal at Ogden Elementary. That's right. You're with VIUSD stands for Vancouver Association of Educational Support Professionals. Finally, we've got Charlotte Latte with Washugal High. And we were talking about this before we started. You're with WEA Riverside, but you're not. You're the Washugal Association for Education. How does that all work? The Washugal Association of Educators, because two WEAs would be confusing, but we all fit under WEA Washington Education. But Washugal is my local union. So first day back for you guys. How was it? Um, a lot of tech. I felt like I was a IT worker today. You can just feel how flustered everyone is. And so I think it's important that people know that that's the experience across the board and we have patience and we're happy to always help. You know, I, I teach third grade and I feel very lucky that I always seem to get a collection of students who know way more than I knew about technology. There definitely was a feeling that I now am a tech guru when I'm not. I'm a third grade guru, but not technology. So <laughs> It did feel uh, like I was an instant tech expert, and I had to downplay that. 
Well, you know, I've had to deal with third graders, and uh, trust me, I think third grade gurus are worth their weight in gold because I could not. I absolutely could not. In gold, in gold, all teachers in gold. And I think so many people during this pandemic are finally understanding that our teachers are worth every penny and more. Now, Charlotte, you're not an elementary school teacher. You're in a high school. You know, tomorrow is our first day. So I'm going to be optimistic about it. So kind of batting down the hatches and you're in, right? Yep, yep. Ready or not. So Tracy, if the teachers are feeling like they're IT professionals jammed into that slot, how is this affecting you? So I'm a building secretary. So I'm the one that takes the phone call to troubleshoot over the phone and kind of be like IT. There's just two of us. And from eight o'clock, 11 o'clock, it was nonstop, all of the lines ringing. So a lot of parents, even though they were holding anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes to get a two-minute answer, were really understanding. Just because we all expected to not really know what to do. It was like a marathon, nonstop. But we made it. We finished the first day. Those are some knowing laughs right there. You all have been in the trenches together. If you had one thing that you wanted parents to know about what it's going to be like to do school in the fall, what would it be? I would say that this year it it will need to be full of communication, uh, flexibility, and laughter. Charlotte, you were going to say something? Yeah, something I tell my students a lot is once you know how to learn, you can learn anything. And so helping kids become self-empowered learners, that's what we need from them. That's the skill that's going to keep them afloat is by taking control over their learning and recognizing I can learn. Maybe they can't do every single task, but helping students understand what their strengths are and how to help them learn. Once they can figure out what they need to learn, they can learn anything. And so keeping that mindset, it's all about the mindset, I feel like. Tracy, how about you? You're answering the phone. So if anybody needs to talk to the parents, it's probably you, right? The theme that I've talked with parents about is give yourself grace. You're not expected to know how to do it. You're not expected to know how to teach. We have teachers who went to school and learned how to do that. And no one expected you to, to be perfect. So give yourself grace. And I tell that to parents and I tell it to myself as the mother of a seven-year-old. It is hard to work from home if you're able to do so and teach at the same time. Give yourself grace and then breathe through it. It's not forever and We'll make it just to add on to that as a sunny. So I always encourage families, let me know what's going on. Let me know what's a difficult thing or a challenge or how I can help. And if anything, I'm going to give that grace and say, you know what? Let it go for today. Let it, let it go. We'll pick it up tomorrow. We're going to be fine because we've got too much to stress out about in the world right now. Well, we have our, we have a due diligence to do as well. When it comes to getting to know our students, I can't teach students until I know them, until I know they're safe and that their needs are met. And who is our homeless liaison? Because I see we have a percentage. I don't feel like I can even assign work to someone who doesn't have a home. 
And what's the plan for those students? There's just so many questions we need to be asking. I'm glad you brought that up, Charlotte. I know that a lot of the districts have plans in place if students are dropping off, but each district is different. So where should parents go to get resources on how to find out what they can and can't do and where to go for help if they need it? Because I do also know that they have food pickup for children and families in need. So where where would they find that through each of the districts? I know in Evergreen School District, one of the biggest ways to find that is through the school counselor. School counselors are an amazing resource for that kind of thing. They can oftentimes, like, even if you don't exactly know what your question is, you're just like, we don't know, you know, we're just not quite making it right now. The school counselors just always kind of seem to have an answer. District websites should have information like that, resources for family, resources for tutoring, um, resources for food insecurities, for, uh, you know, translators. So we're about out of time here. Any parting thoughts that you want to leave for parents like Shannon? I have one, Harold. My parting thought is that during all of this conversation, every single one of our amazing educators are so passionate and so loving and so caring. And as a parent, I know that I appreciate all of your patience and your kindness, but I really do hope that people do see you guys as the loving, amazing human beings you are because, oh my goodness, you are priceless. And I thank you, sisters. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. I wanted to say that some people are worried that teachers aren't going to want to go back into the classroom. I, every educator I know is dying to see their kids. We don't want to die from COVID and we don't want to infect anyone else. But as soon as it's safe, we will so happily be back in our classrooms teaching kids in person. But safety, you know, we're taught that safety is, is first and foremost. So we want to do that in the safest way possible. And thank you so much for allowing us to share our stories and to get the message out about, you know, what it's kind of like in the trenches. I also grew up with a teacher for a mom, and uh, we took a family camping trip without her about a week before school started every year. And I just thought it was fun time with dad. Really, it was, you got to get out of the house because your mom is freaking out. School starting soon. So as a teacher, I'm now, I'm not a dad. I actually went camping last weekend to get stress off. Uh, but I now, in my older years, that was told to me, and I went, oh, well, that makes sense. Now that I'm a teacher, I know that. So I'm glad that press is over. Charlotte, I wish you the best of luck uh, on your first day tomorrow, and thank you again, guys, for giving us a great uh, venue to share our stories and our love of teaching. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. You know, we talk about equity a lot, and we're really working and pushing our districts to, to be accountable to um, doing right by all students. And Every educator I know is dying to see kids. That's why they are why we are doing what we're doing. So this is just temporary. And, you know, we're excited for the pandemic to be over and we'll be patient and do this in the meantime. So thank you. Everyone in the building cannot wait to have your student back in the building with us. And we want it to be safe and we want it to be good so we can get out of the situation that we're in in a healthy manner. And if you have questions, Everyone from the office to the principal wants to hear from you. 
the best way to do so is via email. So if you think that you we don't have your email on file, call the office and give that just to confirm because all schools and teachers are communicating that way. And we're communicating, we're sending information out. We want to help you, we want to be there for you. We want to hear what's going well so we can continue it, what's not going well so we can edit that. So talk to us, we wanna hear. If there's one message I'm taking away from this, it's that communication has to be open. People have to be able to talk to each other about this kind of thing. I am so, so glad that you were able to join us for this. I really think that you brought a lot of good information to our listeners. And moving forward, I hope that they reach out to you so that they can figure out how to do best in this new environment. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. All right, working people in Southwest Washington, stick around. We are going to be talking to IBEW Local 48 about a brand new discount program. You can save $200 on electrical work in your house. 200 bucks? Are you kidding me? For real. Stick around. (laughs) Hey, gang. It's Jeremy Waugh, host of the Break Time Breakdown. You can find us at www.smart110.org or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Head over to www.laborradionetwork.org where you'll find labor-friendly shows and podcasts from all over the country. If you're a friend of the working class, and you should be, head over to laborradionetwork.org today. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is sponsored by IBEW Local 48 and Qualified Electricians PDX. To talk about that, we have Randy Davis with IBEW Local 48. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So, Randy, what exactly do you do with IBEW? Are you a member? Are you on staff there? How does that work? So, I am a member of IBEW Local 48. I'm a journeyman electrician. I came through the NECA IBEW Electrical Training Apprenticeship. I was hired about four years ago on staff with Local 48, and my role is primarily a membership development representative. So I am an organizer. I help individuals join the union, and I also play the business development role with IBEW Local 48, which is how we came across this Qualified Electricians PDX program that we offer. Just for those of you who don't know what IBEW stands for, that is actually International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Now, it's not just a brotherhood out there either, sisters. Keep in mind, they have a lot of sisters in the Electrical Workers Union as well. So for those of you who are not sure what IBEW means, they are electrical workers, you're electricians. And who doesn't need to know a good electrician? Because you know what, Harold, I am not touching any live wires with these hands. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's generally a pretty good policy. Leave it to the professionals, right? Absolutely. And, And that's why we have a professional like Randy here, and that's why we have qualified electricians. So Randy, what what is Qualified Electricians PDX? So Qualified Electricians PDX is a program that we developed where we offer a two hundred dollar coupon for free electrical work. There's no minimum required on a project. So if you have a homeowner, a friend, relative, somebody who needs some electrical work done, let's say they just need a ceiling fan installed, we offer a list of qualified electrical contractors that employ licensed electricians 
And if our customers use those electricians, they can take advantage of a $200 coupon for free electrical work. So 200 bucks. Who can't use 200 bucks right now? And Who I has know an extra 200 bucks <laughs> laying around right now, right? <laughs> no kidding. 200 bucks is a lot for working families in Southwest Washington. This is a great idea. Great program, Randy. So why is it important that you have a licensed electrician do work like that? I mean, even though Shannon's afraid to touch wires, can't somebody just kind of pull it apart and watch a YouTube video and figure that stuff out? Well, oftentimes you will find that that happens. Somebody will think, I bet I can do that. And they try to tackle that. I can't tell you how many times our contractors have been called saying, I called this guy off Craigslist. He came over and now none of my lights work. It is very common for somebody to advertise that they can do this type of work without being licensed. And more concerning is if you have an unlicensed person work on your home, that work, if it were to cause a fire or something along those lines, it's not going to be covered by insurance because it's not licensed work. Mm, Yeah, that is really important. So you said that you have a list of licensed electrical workers. Where do people find that list? So we have a website. The website is www.qualifiedelectricianspdx.com. On that website, there is a list of all of the contractors that participate. And there's also a link to putting your name, address, email address, and phone number, and we'll mail you one of these coupons for $200 in electrical work. Once you receive this in the mail, it typically takes about three to five business days after you request it. On the back of it, there is also a list of contractors. Now, they are color-coded, so there are contractors listed in black ink. Those are contractors that are based in Oregon. And then there are contractors... That are, that are listed in red ink, those are contractors located in Southwest Washington. Many of them work in both states, but it listed out by zip code. So if you'd like to stay local, it gives you the ability to find a contractor local to where you, your residence is or small business. We do businesses as well. So it allows you to kind of find somebody local to you. So you can shop local, stay local, get a licensed contractor that's employing licensed electricians. And you're supporting a living wage job. So you're killing two birds with one stone here. You're buying local and you're supporting your fellow community members by giving work to a qualified electrician with benefits and family wages. So it's a win-win. How can we lose with this? And $200. One thing I like to give out on this is as union members, we pay union dues. That is how this project is funded. So our union dues, we're giving back to you, our customers, to use the contractors that employ us. It's a win-win cycle. Um, You save a little bit of money and get a discount on your electrical work, and we keep working, earning our our family wages. What's that website again, Randy? It's www.qualifiedelectricianspdx.com. So if people need any electrical work, they want to hire an expert and they want to go to www.qualifiedelectricianspdx.com. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now stick around, working people in Southwest Washington. We are going to be right back with a conversation with Monica Stonier. Monica! Dear friends, this is Evan Papp from Empathy Media Lab's podcast on labor, political economy, arts, and culture. Based within the Washington, D.C. Beltway, you can find us at empathymedialab.com. 
We are a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, which is broadcasting working people's voices 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Check out our show and all the shows elevating the voice of working people throughout the world at laborradionetwork.org. Thanks for sticking with us. In keeping with our education theme, we have someone who's been in the trenches in the schools and in the halls of the legislature. Meet Monica Stonier, representative for the 49th Legislative District. Thanks for joining us, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Happy to just talk with you a little bit about my background. I am working as an instructional coach for Evergreen Public Schools and Special Services. I work with teachers who are serving our students with special needs. Um, to start this school year, I've had a really fun assignment to uh, jump in at Frontier Middle School and teach three periods there to try and cover a position until they've got that hired. And so I get an opportunity to be absolutely what you said in the trenches. Well, yeah, the educators that we talked to at the front part of the show were just starting their school year. And it sounds like you're just starting the school year, too. How do you balance that being a working educator and also being a representative up in Olympia, the state capital here in Washington? Oh, and don't forget, because Monica Stonier is a superstar, she is also a mother of two <laughs> who are doing online education right now as well. So, Monica, yes. how do you balance that? <laughs> Teenagers. I have a senior this year. I can't believe my son is a senior. So I have a sophomore and a, and a, and a senior, and we are um, so far handling the battle for Wi-Fi okay in the household. My husband and I are both working from home. I have three laptops that I work from at the dining room table, depending on which job I'm working on during that hour. So it's definitely the laptop shuffle at my house. And so far we're managing, which keeps it's a constant daily reminder to me about families who may not have that connectivity and the challenge that they have. It's just that our families are facing some real challenges right now. And so um, I'm grateful every day that I watch my kids log in and I remind everybody in the household that not everybody is doing uh, has the privilege that we have and that we need to be mindful of that. Speaking of Wi-Fi, today in the news, they actually had two little girls in California that were sitting outside of a Taco Bell getting free Wi-Fi because they did not have access. Is this Wi-Fi problem something that you think that you guys are going to deal with on a state level to maybe try to get free Wi-Fi to communities so that we don't have this inequity uh, in education? There is not a week that goes by when we don't have some discussion as legislators about getting Washingtonians connected. There is not a day that goes by that I don't have an email somewhere in my inbox related to getting Washingtonians connected. It's not just a school equity issue for kids. It's a small business issue. It's a higher education issue. It's absolutely a healthcare issue. This uh, idea of having Washingtonians connected is going to be front and center of this legislative session. And whether we can find good short-term solutions or we have to invest in some long-term solutions, we are going to make progress, no question. It is time for broadband and Wi-Fi connectivity to be a public utility and to be something that people can access as a way to move forward in their lives, whether it's their education, their careers, or their ability to get access to key crucial healthcare services. Right on, sister. To answer your question directly about my time, 
during a regular legislative session, I usually take a day or a day and a half or so a week off on unpaid leave from my school job to um, meet my requ- my responsibilities as a legislator. A lot of times that's a meeting with constituents. It might be committee work. It might be working on a bill that I'm working um, on for the next legislative session, maybe community meetings. And over time, you know, it balances to a day and a half a week. And that so long as I have such great support as I do at Evergreen, who understand the balance there and approve my leave, things have worked out really well for the last several years. I'm real thankful for that flexibility. Not everybody has that, but we're a part-time legislature. The idea is that you can elect people that are truly just, you know, walking the daily life of ordinary run-of-the-mill community members. And if we had a full-time legislature, I wouldn't be a classroom teacher bringing my voice of a, of a mom and a school teacher to the policymaking in Olympia. So um, it's a balancing act for sure. It's a tough, tough schedule, but I love every minute of it. You mentioned earlier that you are really walking the walk because you are in the trenches working as a mother and you're also in the legislature. Is that reflected in this caucus that you're a leader of in the legislature, the Working Families Caucus? Yeah, more and more so. I would say that's the case. I think the greatest impact that we have had in the last several years is in the in the year that I was first elected, we had several working parents of young families that were elected that year. And shortly after we passed the paid family leave in Washington state, the strongest policy in the nation. So I think that who you elect makes a huge difference. There were, I think, six of us that were elected new that year in the um, House caucus, Democratic caucus. And if I were to think about the Republicans that were also elected, there are several who had little kids as well. And so that perspective was really brought to the table that year. Now, this last election cycle, we elected a record number of women of color. And if we consider now the discussion that we're having around equity, then I think now we have an even broader perspective. Now, the caucus you're asking about is the Working Families Caucus. And that is the caucus where I have the opportunity to chair and lead the discussion once a week when we're in session with all of the top labor leaders around the state and any House and Senate member who self-identifies as a labor champion, is a labor member, or is in good standing with our labor partners as a legislator. And it used to be kind of like a sharing of agendas and bill tracking, but I really felt that our members, because there are so few union members that are elected to the legislature, it was clear to me that our members needed to know more about labor issues. So I changed up the program, and we have a 30-minute informational program where where our members can learn specifically about an issue. What are the labor issues that are happening at Hanford? What are our teachers facing? What about the frontline state workers who are working at the state hospital? And then we move to a legislative agenda. I get to bring my teacher chops to and facilitation chops to the work of um, the legislature at the Working Families Caucus as their chair. Well, not just your teacher chops, but your union chops as well. You are a union member yourself, right? Absolutely. I'm a proud union member of the Evergreen Education Association. I've been a union teacher from the day I signed my first contract. I've grown to really understand 
not just the labor movement as it might pertain to Washington state and to me personally, but to also understand what it means to be a union member. So Monica, we could talk for hours about unions and all of these amazing things that you're doing, but we don't have time. So let us know you're running for office. Explain that whole deal. Sure. I'm running to keep my seat in the 49th legislative district in the state house. I am fortunate enough to have had a pretty good showing in the primary election, which I'm grateful to the voters for. But I had two opponents, Troy Potter, who ran as an independent, and Park LaFay, who is my challenger in the general election, who sincerely have ideas about how things maybe should look different in the 49th. And I think the legislative experience is all about understanding what good process is. And our election process is good, right? Like people get to voice their opinions, bring new ideas to the table. And I'll be listening for ideas that my two opponents have brought to the table that should I be successful that I also need to take with me because I understand that I represent them and their differing views and their similar views as well. So Right now, the campaign is in a little bit of a lull, I think, after the primary and with me starting the school year. But in the next two weeks, I think you're going to see a lot of activity engaging with voters and reminding them of the good things that I believe I've done for the state and asking them for an opportunity to go back and keep working on things. So how do we donate to your campaign? What's the website? Yeah, where where do we find out more about your campaign, Monica? You can find out more about the campaign at votemonicastonier.com. That's a landing page, a website where there's a donate page. But I think people are following the Facebook page because I tend to post a lot more there. That's a little bit more of an up-to-date, fluid uh, expression of the campaign. So you can go to elect Monica Stonier on Facebook and uh, see what I am up to. Give us that website again. VoteMonicaStonier.com. Thank you so much for the chance to come and chat with you. And I will come back anytime. We'll hold you to that. <laughs> Love you, sis. Well, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for our first episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by IBEW Local 48 and Qualified Electricians PDX. And remember, this podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. That's me. This is your podcast. We want to hear from you on what you want to talk about. So please email us podcast at swwaclc.org. And while your fingers are busy, why don't you subscribe? or follow, or give us five stars, and then spread the word. Let your friends and family and neighbors know about this, because we want to talk to them, too. And before we go, happy Happy Labor Labor Day. Day! We're looking forward to seeing you next week. See ya!